We have other ads coming eventually, but we're going to talk about CBD again. Because we love CBD, though. And because, look, they're our first sponsor on the podcast. It's very If exciting. you're listening, you're an avid listener, hopefully, maybe, probably. And we appreciate it. But look, this is a product we used for a year before them sponsoring Smell. Truly. And real talk, you guys, I just used it five seconds before we recorded this commercial. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. We use it every day, pretty much. Uh, now, if you're not familiar, it is a vegan and veteran-operated CBD company. They lab test every product. They have no THC in their products. And they source their hemp from Colorado. We love Alpen Organics. If you guys are interested in trying out Alpen Organics, you can go to alpenorganics.com. That's A-L-P-E-N organics.com. And you can use Ashley at checkout for 20% off. 20% off. Yeah. I'm Mick Torres. I'm Ashley Argoda, and, and we, we are Mismo. Today we talked to my friend Lana McKissick. Our first couple episode back to back, you just heard Nathan Moore. Here's his stunning and talented wife. She's amazing. Her new movie, White Elephant, that she did with Nathan is out this year. You can catch her in the movie release and on Family Style on Stage 13 Network. She's incredible. She works all the time. You two work together so much at Rockwell. I love <laughs> seeing both of you on stage. Enjoy the episode. <laughs> Hi, Lana. Hi, Ashley. Hi, Mick. Hi. I miss you. I miss you, too, very much. It's so nice to see your beautiful faces. I haven't seen them in, well, apart from Instagram, I haven't seen them in months. Five months? Yeah. It's been, it's been five months, yeah. yeah. Feels like yeah. 17,000 years, but only five it, months. Yeah. <laughs> That's math right there. Yeah. I think we had a wine and cheese night that we were trying to get together in mm -hmm. April that just we've we've had to push. You know? And yeah. That's, that's okay. It, yeah. I mean, it's not okay because the last wine and cheese night we had will stick with me forever. It was so fun and delicious. Ashley labeled all of the cheese with like what they were with little flags. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh my god, the presentation was spectacular. It was Everything. Great. It was great. So we I'm played, upset. Didn't we play that game where uh, was it was it that game night? The game where like you get your jaw pushed all the way back or something like that and you have to say random words and things. Yeah. Cards? Was it the same night? Yeah. It, it might have been. It was okay, one of the yes. wine and cheese nights. Yes, and you made like um was it chocolate, some sort of cone, some sort of chocolate cone, I remember. That's right. I, like that. I think it was Peter's recipe, who's been on the podcast, Peter Allen Boat. He, uh, he brought, it was like some ice cream plus cone plus fuzz <laughs> plus Reese's peanut butter things. It was all of the things. It was so good. And yes, we played that game and I discovered I'm very drooly. I had no <laughs> idea. Like, I'm not good at that game either. It's not I, even one game. It's like a series of games that I was like, oh, this is not my strength. Yeah, because I remember we had to be like, do you have a straw? Do you have a napkin? Can we get a cup of water? Yeah. Like, it was a whole thing. There's a lot of drool. <laughs> it's definitely not a COVID-friendly game. For sure not. <laughs> it's like... Oh, my God. Can you imagine? It's like the least COVID-friendly thing I can possibly imagine. <laughs> yeah. Apart from just spitting back and forth into each other's mouths. Yeah. That's, which, is that a game? I don't know. <laughs> Might be. Birds play it all the time. Anyway, um, so Lana and I met, Mick and I were trying to figure this out earlier. We met during Hocus Pocus, right? That was the first project we worked on together? Yes. Wow. Yeah. Which feels like an eternity ago now. It does. Yeah. I mean, when was that? 2017? I think so. The Rockwell Umpo. Hocus Pocus. Yes. Just for yeah. just, <laughs> just for clarification, not actual <laughs> Hocus Pocus. Yes. People no, didn't I know that we were in the classic film Disney's. <laughs> we um, talk about Umpos I, enough that I think our listeners know, but just like really just to clarify. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Umpo Hocus Pocus, and we played siblings. Well, we played sort of like hat like girl you were the girlfriend of my siblings, so my yes. No, I guess we weren't related at all. No. Sibling. But dating, 
but teenage version. Yeah, we ran around Rockwell for two hours a night and sang really high songs and then called it a night. Yeah. And then became friends. (laughs) Uh, uh, I loved that show. That was fun. I enjoyed it. It was so fun. You were so amazing in that show. The second iteration of that show, you got to rap in the show and you were just everything. (laughs) I don't know that I should be allowed to rap, but (laughs) I did get to. Yes, it was... For someone who's not white, it was pretty white. (laughs) It was the actual greatest thing (laughs) ever, ever, ever. And I had so much fun working with both you and Nate on it. And we became friends outside of it. Yeah, and we got to sing Roar together. And we got to, um, we got to, oh, and then remember we did the uh, Crazy Talented Asians show much, much later and sing When You Believe together. I love singing with you. Singing with you is the best. I forgot about Crazy Talented Asians. That's right. I know. I was thinking about it the other day. I was like, we did the Whitney Mariah and it was my favorite. Yeah. (laughs) All my dreams came true. That was, I mean, that was great. Yeah, it was great. But yes. We met, that's how we met. And just a side note on that. We also did that with no rehearsal, if I'm remembering this correctly. We didn't rehearse it together, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, we were like, are you Whitney or are you Mariah? Got it, got it. See you at the show. (laughs) Yep, that was was pretty much it. (laughs) Just like every Rockwell show. (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And then we did Bridesmaids together for a little while. Subbed in for uh, I subbed in for Molly once, and then I subbed in for Natalie. You know when we when you guys did it the second or third time was it the third time? I feel like you, you did it many times. We did it about fifteen times, uh, <laughs> and I think it was the thirteenth time that you that the thirteenth time. Yeah, yeah. Like oh yeah, and you were doing you and Nate were doing Bridesmaids and Hocus Pocus at the same time. So you were doing like seven shows a week yeah, and like multiple shows a day, different shows a day. I forgot about that. That's right. And then Nate and I would be like, are you performing this night? No. Are you performing this night? Yes. Okay, great. I'll see you. <laughs> yep. The schedule for that was insane. It was insane, but you guys were champions and you were brilliant in both. So that was fun to experience alongside you thank you thank you so much and also for anybody listening nate is lana's husband who we also will interview tomorrow yay he's so excited he's like can i listen i'm like get out of here this is my time with my friends yeah nate god so (laughs) annoying i'm kidding nathan if you're listening to this i love you no he's not well he might he's gonna listen to it later but he's not listening now so you can talk all the smack you want great <laughs> that, that works, right? If he's not here, he can't hear it. Yeah, absolutely. That's how podcasts okay. work, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, great. <laughs> uh, was Hocus Pocus your first show at Rockwell? No, it was my third show. My first show was the Devil Wears Prada, but that was my first year. So uh-huh. I did Devil Wears Prada in, I guess, January through June, and then I did True Beverly Hills, and then I did Hocus Pocus. Um, those were before yep. Rockwell was on my radar. Who did you play in Devil Wars Prada? I played Andy, the um, Anne Hathaway part. I shared it with awesome. Kelly Jekyll, who oh, cool. shared, um, what was her name in Hocus Pocus? Uh, I was Allison. And Allison, was that's right. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> Allison. I'm like, what was that character? Uh, yeah, <laughs> Ashley and, and Kelly shared a role in Hocus, and Kelly and I shared a role in in Devil Wars Prada, it's a big incestuous fam. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> a lot of keeping together. I mean, sorry, what? sharing a role. Yeah, sharing a role. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the... Ashley and I met at Rockwell. Um, you did? Yeah. Oh wait. wait. Okay, so I know that you came to see Bridesmaids a million times, but I don't <laughs> think I realized that that was the first time that you met her. Maybe I did know that. I met her at Mean Girls. Um. Like, the last night that you went on. Mm-hmm. And then we didn't talk for a while. And then I came back um, and I saw Bridesmaids and I asked for her number. Okay. Yes, I yeah. remember hearing this conversation and you 
you guys didn't have any pictures together for the first couple yeah. weeks. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Because you were on the down low. Yeah. It was new. For a little yeah. while. And then I think our first, some of our first photos together are in the Rockwell photo booth, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, scandalous. What, what was going on? <laughs> I didn't mean for it to be scandalous, but I mean, you're right. <laughs> I mean, it's a private booth, so it's you're perfect. Absolutely, you're Young absolutely love. correct. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Where did you meet, Nate? We met at a board game night at a friend's birthday. Um, we were playing categories, and there were too many people, so we all had to share lists. Have you played categories? You know how that works? No. Like, oh, okay. We'll so do it next game get, night. What's that? I said we'll do it next game night. Okay, yes. <laughs> we could play that one virtually, actually. So. Oh. Just saying. Um, <laughs> you get lists and it's like, um, you know, uh, things in this room, uh, supermarket items, colors, whatever. And then you roll a die and the die is full of the alphabet letters. And whatever letter you land on, you have, you know, a minute or whatever, and you have to write things that start with the first uh, letter of that you rolled. I don't think I explained that very well, but <laughs> the, that's the gist. And so we didn't have enough lists, so Nathan and I were sitting next to each other, and we had to share lists. So Nathan put his list on his knee, but then, you know, we were all chatting and drinking, and he got confused. So he was doing the wrong list. He was looking at a different list that was in his box, so at the end, when you all compare answers, he's sitting here and he's trying to justify these bizarre answers. Like one of them was nicknames. And he goes, uh, I put, like some people were like, um, you know, the letters S. So some people said sport or shrimp or whatever, like nicknames. <laughs> Nathan goes, uh, Sports Illustrated. And we're all like, huh. And he goes, no, you know, like the jock at your school. You say, what's up, Sports Illustrated? And we all went, okay, yeah, I, okay, I guess that's that could be a thing, sure. <laughs> then it gets to the next one, and it was like, it was like, how do you say bye to your friends? And the letter was G. And he's like, oh, like, ghost. And we're like, ghost? Okay, I guess. I think most people were put, like, goodbye or something. <laughs> um, anyway, we realized, but it took, like, several like letters for us to realize oh he's been doing the wrong list this whole time and he was just trying to justify it and he had convinced us all and he was so funny and I was like I'm gonna marry that man I just remember that wow. and then I did yeah take that. yeah how long from categories night was it until you married him six days Good. wow <laughs> um, it was we started actually dating probably like a couple weeks after that, and then we got we got engaged a year and a half after. No, we got married a year and a half after that. I want to say twenty. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Aww. It was pretty. It was a whirlwind. One could say. That's so cute. You guys dated for two years before you got engaged, or no? Two uh, years exactly. Yeah. Oh, well, that's right. You proposed on your anniversary right 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 yes we did yeah i think that's a good amount of time it's like not not too little not too long it's like still you're still like very excited about each other and the planning is fun yeah i had my categories moment with ashley when she um uh, i mean kind of during mean girls but really on our second date was when i was like i'm gonna marry this girl but then uh but but I, I felt like let's wait two years just to let just to let a little time pass. If I ask in six days, I think it would be a little jarring for everyone. So Maybe. I probably still would have said yes, you know. Yeah, I think when it's meant to be, you never know. She probably would have said yes, and you guys would be married already. Already, you really screwed this up, Mick. I can't. <laughs> it's a long life. I'm pacing myself. <laughs> Um, so well, since we were talking about couples, I wanted to definitely ask you, and, and we'll ask your husband tomorrow, um, about working together and, um, you know, balancing the life of, of two actors together. But first, specifically, uh, because I know, I, I mean, I 
saw a couple times, um, never been kissed. You guys were the leads in that together. That's like, I mean, you both love Rockwell. You guys were both so great in that. You got to play romantic interest. That's like a dream come true. Was that amazing for you two? Yeah, it was really fun. We've done a couple things together here and there. Like when I'd subbed into Bridesmaids, that was fun. But that experience was a little different because it was already like, you know, you guys' show and I was just kind of stepping in. So this was really nice, really fun to get to like come home and run lines together and then, you know, just carpool together. That's always great. These are the perks. <laughs> uh, mainly that, just saving gas. That's the main reason I like to work Absolutely. with Absolutely. Gas is expensive <laughs> in LA. It is. That's the tear-jerking answer I was hoping for. Yeah, so there you go. Great. Um, no, it's, <laughs> it's really fun to get to work with it. And we've actually gotten to do a few things together since, which is great. We, we're both in this um, holiday film that'll be out this year called White Elephant. We play the leads opposite each other, and that was very random and lucky. We, we auditioned separately, and then we were called back together but I was, um, I did chemistry reads with three different people and one of them was Nathan and we're like in the room together and they're like, what the? <laughs> Wait, they uh, didn't know that you guys no idea. were married? They, they did know at that point. They okay. were like, they, cause he actually was reading, it was, it's about three different couples and he was reading for a role in a different couple. And they were like, actually, can you read that role and this other role since we now found out that you guys are married in real life? So we did that and then we... Um, yeah, we both got it and we got to shoot a movie together, which was very, very fun. Um, and we shot a few things together in the past and had a YouTube channel together back in the day. But, um, anytime we do get to work together, it's, it's definitely the best. He's a wonderful scene partner and he's my favorite acting coach. He, you know, that's the thing about you guys know being with an actor, somebody who, will help you with your self tapes and tell you when you're doing your weird, bad habits. And there's no like emotion attached to it. Cause it's like, Oh, you know, I don't, I'm not taking it personally. If he's like, you're doing that thing again. I'm like, Oh, thank you. Because somebody else might not tell me or might not pick it, pick up on it. Um, yeah, it's great. I love it. What was it like shooting during, during coronavirus? Was it stressful? Was it, what was that like? Yeah. Um, I shot a couple of things. The, one of the things I, I did another Christmas movie and that was, um, a two week shoot, but I was only in the last day. So they had all been working together and developed this chemistry. And I was like, everybody had to be tested before showing up, obviously. So, and now all the crew is masked the whole time and the cast are masked when we're not actually rolling. So, you know, I knew that going into it, but I was also like, you know, we talked about this before we started the podcast, but I've been very uh, uber, uber safe during all this and stayed home since March. Um, like I haven't slipped, haven't seen other people from online. So I was like, okay, now I'm going to be on a set with a bunch of people I don't know. And, you know, I, I want to say, oh, I trust you because you've been tested. But like, I don't know your life when you go home. I don't know, you know, what you're roommates or partners or whatever are doing so that was scary but once I got there they were taking it very seriously I felt very safe so that was a good experience and then when Nathan and I worked together um I also felt safe because we had to get tested three times it was a one-week shoot it was crazy you guys it was 90 pages and we shot it like a play so we had to memorize the whole thing and we did zoom rehearsals for a week or maybe two weeks leading up to it but we ran the whole thing like a play. And then when we shot it, it was like 30 pages a day. And we would do like 20 page scenes <laughs> and be like, all right. And, you know, it's like one take per angle. And you're like, well, I hope I did well since that was on me. And that was, <laughs> you know, footage. It was, yeah. So Rockwell was actually really great preparation for that because, you know, it's, limited rehearsal time and a lot of dialogue and uh you know high stakes so it was fun it was great and I felt very safe again because we'd been tested so many times in that period so 
the film that I worked on recently as well, we did not have rehearsal for it, but we did film like 30 pages a day. And it's wild. Wow. And you were shooting remotely, you said, right? For most of it? Yeah. So the directors were on Zoom and then they gave us these 4K GoPros and we just attached it to like the top of our laptops or like if if we were pretending to be on a phone, we just held it. But they were on Zoom and they would just be like, all right, we're going to start from this page and we're going to go all the way up to this page. And it was literally 30 pages a day. And by the end of it, you're like, what happened? I don't yeah. know. I don't know what happened. And then they didn't. They also didn't want it to like read like we were looking at a computer screen reading our lines. So they had us like up and like doing blocking and like going and getting things off camera and doing all these other things. So it was a true like, just like you said, Rockwell is so valuable. That experience is so valuable at that time because you're like, oh, you need me to learn a line in like six seconds? Got it. It's easy. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I can't, yeah, we had such a similar experience. Yeah. That's awesome. I feel like that's the way you have to do it in these times in order to do something like efficiently. Seems um, like it. Yeah, absolutely. Everything. Uh, how did you get started with acting? Did you, are you, did you train, um, did you study it in college? Yeah, I went to UCLA, I studied musical theater, but I actually was a child oh. actor like Ashley, but Ashley was way more successful. Um, I, uh, because I was born in LA, like I think anyone who's born here, you just, that's what you do. At least you try it out. And then if it doesn't work out fine. Yeah. But, um, I think I, I did my first commercial when I was two and then I did a, you know, bunch after that and then sporadic things here and there. And, um, uh, yeah, I, I sort of fizzled out for a hot second. I went to, I had a recording contract with Sony Japan when I was 15. Um, wow. And I was flying. What? Yeah. Did I tell you this ever? No, that's amazing. <laughs> uh, it's a ran- random part of my life that I don't think about often. It actually, I don't know if you feel like this, Ashley, because your career has been so long, but do you ever feel like things that happened a long time ago happened to somebody else yes or is that not your reality okay no all the time yeah like I'll tell stories about it and I'll be like it doesn't even feel like my life at this point because it was so long ago yeah I feel so removed from it but um yeah so when I was 15 I signed with them and I was still full-time in high school so I'd fly back and forth I flew like 17 times in two years um and then uh, then I went to UCLA and had stopped doing the singing thing by then. And then just kind of like, I worked at this restaurant called Michelli's in, um, Universal City I with singing that. waiters. <laughs> yes. I used to go there as a kid, as a customer, like my family went there like once a week. We loved it. And so then when I graduated from college, I was like, I need a job. And Joe Michelli, who was a very close family friend was like, all right, well, you know, we can try you out here. And I said, really? And I ended up working there for many years. And, you know, I loved it. I got a little complacent in the like acting hustle because I was just so comfortable there. Like I got to perform every night and I had a lot of close friends there. And I realized, oh, I need to like kick myself in the butt to, you know, it's not Michelle's fault. It was just me. I was just like, I'm cool here for a while. Um, Mm -hmm. So yes, there was a little lull in the acting there too. But then um, I did the CBS Diversity Showcase with Desi, mm-hmm. um, and uh, that's when I sort of started taking it seriously again, and that was in 2017, so it was the same year as, as my Rockwell, my first Rockwell show. Yay. Yeah, that's my life story. <laughs> it was beautiful. <laughs> um, what was the Diversity Showcase like? Do you guys... Uh, you guys write your own sketches? Is that is that right? So it's a little different now, but okay. when we did it, it was, there were like 24 of us, I want to say, in the cast. It was a crazy audition process. Actually, maybe one of the scariest things, definitely one of the scariest, maybe the scariest things I've ever done in my career was auditioning for that because you have to come in with like two to four minutes of just straight characters um, and they want you to do like five or six characters. And then for the callback, you have to do like 
five minutes of characters. They want like new characters. And if, you know, you're a groundlings person or, you know, which a lot of people were, it's not a big deal. You have tons of them in your arsenal. But I was like, I've never done this. Like I made sketches on YouTube, but I don't have characters. I remember just like freaking out. Going, I don't know what I'm doing. And I was shaking, just absolutely terrified. Um, and then couldn't believe that I got it. I was so excited. And then every day was scary too, because they would, it, again, it's different now, but they would threaten to cut you every day. They'd be like, you know, and they did cut some people. Um, oh boy. They, yeah, it was pretty, pretty intense, but definitely one of the most rewarding experiences I've had. And I made some really close friendships, but um, yeah, once you're selected, there's a room of, there were 80 writers, I believe that year. Now it's a writer's room. So there's like seven, I think. Um, but at the time, the writers were very much in competition to get their sketches in the show. So they would write every day and they'd come in and you'd have to just on the fly read. I, I don't remember how many there were 30 sketches a day. And this is for months. Um, so for the first couple of months, it's like three days a week, then it becomes four days a week. And then in, in January, which is the, the big showcase, it's every day. And you're just doing sketch after sketch after sketch. And then they whittle them down. I and mean, you've done thousands by the time you get to January. And then they put up like 20 something sketches and that's it. And then it's in front of like casting people and agents and managers. And um, yeah, it's a, it's, that was life changing for me actually career wise. Um, but also it just made me realize, you know, do scary things more often because even though, you know, you hate it at the time, it's always, always beneficial afterwards. Wow. That sounds terrifying. <laughs> oh, it's legitimately. Some people weren't scared. I, every day I was scared. Every day I came home like, this is the day I get fired. Like, no. you know, it was, it was intense. Wow. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah. Yeah, good times. That really sounds like <laughs> SNL. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it is meant to prepare you for that. Um it's not as cutthroat as I've heard SNL can be in terms of like the cast and, and the writers that we're more of a community. I've heard at SNL, you have to like, you know, you're fighting to get your sketches in. And here it was like, if you're an actor who writes, then you do, but you submit it along with the writers and everybody's like trying to help each other. It was, you know, a lot more of a collaborative and friendly environment. And I'm still very good friends with several of the people that were in my in my year, including Desi. Um, yeah. Yeah. I love that um, you kind of made a decision to take it more seriously, like launch yourself back in. You did the showcase and then you started up at Rockwell. And then, um, but, but like you said, that was life changing for your career wise. So can you, um, can you expand on that a little bit? Like, like, uh, or I'm always interested in this idea of momentum and like paddling back out after you've ridden a wave. So the you do the showcase and that like creates all this momentum and energy around you. Not necessarily even like tangible things happening, but I just feel that when you put in good work, it somehow like comes back around. Um, <laughs> and I think that maybe is what you're talking about. But can you specify how that how that was life changing for you? Yeah. So. It lit a fire under me and there was momentum. It was sort of the perfect storm because, um, so Rockwell came first. I, it wasn't even a conscious decision. I had been asked to audition because, uh, the person who started the Umpo series had seen, I had rented Rockwell to do a cabaret with a friend, with AJ Raphael, yeah. um, who I knew from YouTube. And so it was just sort of like a come audition for this thing. And I said, what is this? I had never seen a Rockwell. I had seen for the record, but that was right. different. That was a different series of shows. I didn't know what Umpo was. Um, and I didn't know what I was auditioning for. And then when I ended up getting it, it didn't feel at the time, like, you know, much of a change, but I now thinking back, I realized that's sort of when everything started to go into motion again. Um, because I was putting myself on the line repeatedly um, and I was doing all these shows. And the reason I auditioned for the CBS showcase was because 
the director of casting for that had seen Troop Beverly Hills, which I'd done at Rockwell. Um, so in a way it's all tied together, but I'd say it's life-changing because it made me take everything seriously. I got a new agent, um, and I started going out. I did, I've, you know, they sent us on auditions constantly throughout the rehearsal process. And then afterwards, I think I've been on like six CBS shows now, which before that I had the last like actual TV credit I had was from when I was a child. And I just kind of had all this stuff on my resume that people were like, Grace Under Fire, what is this show? And I was like, it's from the 90s. Um, <laughs> um, you know, and now I had new credits and people were going, oh, you were on this show and that show. Okay, cool. Now we, you know, feel confident bringing you in for bigger stuff. And, um, and just instilling confidence in myself because I had definitely lost it, like, along the way, just feeling like, oh, I, you know, Maybe this isn't, I've never thought about quitting this business because I can't imagine doing anything else, but I definitely was in a slump of like, well, maybe I'll never be successful at it and I'll just keep trying <laughs> until I die. <laughs> uh, so this was the thing that made me go, oh no, I, I can do it. I just haven't been working at it. And and that's why I say it was life-changing. My, my thought pattern changed and actual things changed. Momentum started to build. And it was because I had put in the work. Um, I think for a long time in my complacency, I thought thing, if it's meant to be, it's just going to come to me. And I had to learn the hard way that that's very rarely going to be true for anyone. I won't say never because I'm sure it has happened, but like you have to put in the work. I think you mostly create your own opportunities one way or another. Yeah. Yeah. I will say my favorite CBS credit of yours is Hawaii Five O. Uh, <laughs> it was me too. So baller! That, oh my god, I have been murdered twice on CBS. I was shot through the heart in Criminal Minds. I was blown up in a car on NCIS, but I was not killed in Hawaii Five O. I was crushed by a crumbling tunnel, but I lived. Um, and I kept in the makeup chair being like, maybe she comes back, you know, like in a future season, she's like, you saved me. And now I want to be a police officer. And they were like, yeah, that's how that works. (laughs) 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 Um, (laughs) But that was my favorite CBS credit for sure, because I was only, so I did a self tape for that while I was at a wedding, um, Nathan's best friend's wedding in Lake Tahoe. So we were in the middle of the woods and they're like, can you shoot this tape? And I, I never say no. I'm always like, okay, I'll find a way. But I literally was sitting on a wood, like, log in the middle of the woods. And this guy came and was walking his dog. And his dog was crapping, like, behind the camera. And I was doing the scene where this tunnel's coming and my legs are being crushed. And I'm crying. And I'm like, this is so ridiculous. Like, what's happening right now? But whatever, I got to do it. And I sent it in. And then I found out, like, the next day that I got it and that I was going to Hawaii like the day after we got back from Lake Tahoe. So we came home, unpacked and did laundry and then literally repacked. And I think I was supposed to be there for three days, but then something happened with the scheduling and they said, actually, we need you for nine days. And I was like, nine days in Hawaii. And then I said, I had heard of people doing this, but I've never thought to ask. But I said, could I trade my plane ticket for two coach tickets and bring my husband and they were like yeah sure no problem and I was like really and they said yeah we do it all the time and I was like okay thank you (laughs) so Nathan and I flew to Hawaii for nine days I had three days off in that time and then like a couple days before they realized oh we actually need you for 10 days so we ended up there for 10 days Nathan was just on vacation the whole time I was working but like you know, what a dream to be in Hawaii. Like, oh my God. We, we like, we were on Oahu, we rented a car and we drove around the island and saw sea turtles. And like, it was like a second honeymoon for sure. And it was like work, a work trip, technically. <laughs> the dream. Yes. The literal dream. And all because of this tape I made while someone's dog shat feet away from me. <laughs> <laughs> So 
always those self-tapes. I love that you also never say no. You always figure out how to make it work. Would would you say that tape is one of the craziest ones you've had to do? Um, no, um, no. I feel like I've done a lot of crazy tapes. Um, I, I, last year I shot a Christmas movie in Michigan and I had to do a self tape, but this was nuts. It was the biggest thing, the, the largest role I'd had in a movie up to that point. I was the lead of this Christmas movie and I was in like almost every scene and we were shooting, you know, 12 to 14 hour days mm-hmm. in snow. And um, I got this self tape for this horror movie called Countdown. And I was like, I can't do this. There's no time. I'm like, I, I'm going to get home at like 11 and I have to be up at five. And I just, I can't, I, I'm too exhausted to do this. And then I thought, no, like just suck it up. You can, you can, you'll do fine with a little less sleep tonight. Like it's not a big deal. Um, so I Skyped Nathan from, I was staying in this, this house with three of my other castmates and I was trying not to make noise. And I went up to the attic and I set up a camera. I had Nathan Skyping with me behind the camera. And then I was doing these lines, but like you could see, I was just so tired. Um, and I made him do it over and over. Cause I was like, this is bad. Like I don't, I said, I, I'm not going to turn in a bad tape no matter what. I'd rather not turn one in. Right. So we just kept doing it and doing it. And I was like, this sucks. And I watched it later and I was like, this is, I, this is not good. I don't feel good about this. So I ended up calling him back and I was like, we have to do it again. He was like, really? Okay, cool. So he did it. He's great like that. And we did it like <laughs> one time that second time. And I was like, okay, this is right. I just had to be in the right mindset. And then I sent that and I ended up booking that off that tape. So I came home from Michigan and I think like a week later I started shooting that horror movie and I was a much smaller role in that, but it was the conditions under which I made that self tape were probably, that was probably the worst I've ever felt in terms of like, I have to do this and I think I'm I'm not going to do a good job and I'm scared. But those are always the ones you book though. The ones that you're like, this is going to be a disaster. I shouldn't be doing this. Yeah, hundred percent. And then the ones where I'm like, I've never been better. I'm like, cricket. Are you sure you didn't? You didn't hear anything about no? Okay, any, they must have, any feedback? They must have, no, nothing. No, okay. nothing. They don't. They must have canceled the project. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly what happened. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Good. <laughs> but yeah, you. I. I'm sure you have a million experiences like that too. Like. We had one very similar where you were filming your movie in Nashville the night that Insane Tornado happened and you had a self-tape to do. And I just like that, I FaceTimed in with her and it was like a quick turnaround, a late night of shooting and early morning. And there was a song for it too. And I didn't want to sing that late at night because we were in a hotel room. So I was like, I'll do that in the morning. So we did the scene at night and then I got up extra early before we shot so that I could film the song, and then I took off all my makeup and washed my face and then went to set so they could redo my makeup. Oh, my God. <laughs> As wow. a tornado was ravaging booked- downtown Nashville. And then you booked it? No. No, no, no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, you probably just didn't hear yet, because that is that is the one that you get. I think like they the- canceled the project. They canceled the project, yeah. I'm Actually, I read that just now on Deadline. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was canceled. Thank you for just, your support in this. Yeah. Um, but that's nuts. Like the lengths that you have to go to, like people don't really, I, I feel like people think acting is such a frou-frou job. And sure, it can be. You know, there are times you get to go to Hawaii for very little work. <laughs> a lot of fun. But then there are times when you're like, oh my God, I think I'm going to die if I don't get some sleep. But like, I, I will be unemployed in five days so I have to figure out what the next job is yeah absolutely I mean that kind of segues into my next question what is the biggest misconception of being being an actor um yeah I think that it's easy or that it's for lazy people I feel like I whether or not people directly say that I feel like it's implied a lot especially right now if you look around everyone's going Oh, I'm so sorry. Like you can't, you can't be an actor right now. Get a real job. I feel like I see that everywhere, and I want to punch 
the wall. Um, yeah. I'm just like, get a real job. It's just such an insulting way of thinking. And, you know, part of it, I do understand the what you see of an actor's life is you see the people who are not just successful, but like stars and you go, okay, they just have to, well, first of all, I think people think that if you have a ton of money, then you have no problems. That's the first misconception mm-hmm. I think about acting is like, even if you're at that point, it's like people are so rude to celebrities and they're like, oh, I'm sorry. Your life must be so hard with all your money. I'm like, what happened to you that you think money is the one determinant of somebody's happiness? That's crazy. Yeah. Anyway, but that's a side note. Um, yeah, yep. I think people think that we don't, that this isn't a real job, that we don't work hard, that we just like go on vacation all the time and they don't know the hustle that is the, the working actor. If, and that's if you're lucky enough to be a working actor, you know, it's, um, you know, the side jobs, the side projects, the things you do for free for years. Um, it's, it's just such a lifelong process. And then I think you tell people, you know, there are always the questions of like, well, so what does an actor make in a day? And yeah, if you tell someone what the SAG scale day rate is, it's an outrageous amount of money for one day of work. It just is. But you're not talking about the years of auditioning and like driving to auditions, driving to callbacks, you know, all the stuff that led up to that one part, like you book a great national commercial and yeah, you can make tens of thousands of dollars, but how much money did you spend and how much time did you spend like just getting that one commercial, you know? Um, so yeah, that, that gets me fired up. I think when people think it's easy or that it's like a lazy person's job. Well, going back to what you said about the celebrities, um, and people just write it off because they have money. Uh, a recent example, we've been watching the bubble uh, playoff basketball. And when they when they took that weekend off, not off, um, when they stopped playing games um, to draw attention to to Black Lives Matter, that, it, 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 you know, there were way too many comments saying these guys are millionaires, they should, you know, or or going back a little bit before that, the shut up and dribble quote about LeBron. It's just yeah. un- unacceptable. Um, but you're right. Like, that's what we're all working so hard to maybe get to that level or get anywhere near that level. And then the people who are there put up with that. So it's like, <laughs> when, yeah. does, when, when does it get easy? Yeah, I don't think it ever does. And I, I, do think money can alleviate certain struggles, but they can also bring up new issues. And, you know, I just don't, I'm very confused by that, by the thought that if you have money, the rest of your life is just easy. Because surely we know that that's just not true. I don't know. I guess if you're really struggling to the point where you're not sure where your next meal is coming from and you look at somebody who's like laying on a yacht in Italy I could see why you're like, okay, please don't complain about the fact that your iced tea has too much sweetener in it. You know, that I understand. But I think just writing people off entirely and thinking, you know, when they're addressing serious concerns like Black Lives Matter and saying like, we don't want to hear about your beliefs, stick to what you do. Like we just, we're just here to watch you do what you do and, and, you know, shut up as soon as you're done doing that. Like, I don't, I just think there's such a, a lack of empathy right now in the world and a lack of, um, human connection that makes me very, very deeply sad. I'm actually, this is, uh, we're going a little off topic, but I kind of love it. So, um, that, that kind of, uh, it surprises me a little bit that during quarantine we haven't found more empathy for each other. Um, yeah. Right? Yeah, I agree. I think especially because it's a worldwide issue. It's not just like America's pandemic. You would think the world would unite and go, okay, you know, there's a bigger issue than just us. Let's, you know, sort of like how you think we'd react if aliens invaded. We'd be like... All right, you know, like the end of Independence Day. Independence when all Day. The... Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Great movie. And that's, you go, yeah, that's what it would like, you know, if that's what would happen. If somebody else was invading us, we would all become we. It wouldn't be like, you know, different countries anymore. We would just be humanity. And then this is kind of a sad realization of, no, no, even within that, there's still a, well, I've got to take care of my own first kind of mentality that, um, I don't know. It's 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 uh, a little demoralizing, but you know, I don't want to sound hopeless. Like this is just the way it is. I'm I'm thinking maybe people are just in a lot of pain right now, and the way to deal with that is to I don't know. Look at other people who don't seem to be in as much pain and go, oh, all right. Well, if they're not hurting as badly as I am, then screw them. I guess I don't know. So on our, you know, on the journey back out of this, um, from an actor's standpoint where we rarely get to like call our own shots or determine what projects we're doing. We're just kind of, you know, going in for auditions and getting what we, what we can. But of course we're all, we're not all, but you would hope that actors or artists are kind of empathetic people. Um, they're, they're interested in what's happening right now. This human behavior you were just talking about, so without, with a, with a limited capacity to make our own decisions and carve our own path, how do you as an actor um, contribute to, you know, doing a little bit of good um, and, and bringing, bringing some of that empathy into, into a wide scale? It's a hard question. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's a question. Um... I think it's important to laugh and to also have um, cathartic moments too when you're struggling to to when the world is hurting to have those moments of levity and to be able to look at something and take your mind off of it I think is really integral I think um when people say the arts aren't necessary, it's like, you know, we see it all the time on Twitter right now when people are going, okay, if that's true, then stop watching TV and stop listening to podcasts and stop, you know, reading books. Like if you don't think these are important things, then you don't get to benefit off of them. Um, and I think just continuing to create and to put your humanity and your struggles into your art is really important. I think, you know, and I'm honestly not the best at this because I am a very optimistic person and I try to present optimism when I can. I'm not somebody who's on Facebook, like, talking about my struggles because I don't have a problem with people who do. I, I think it's very brave and wonderful, but that's not how I... Um, uh, that's not helpful to me personally. Like I'm not somebody who needs to vent and feel better that way. I'm somebody who needs to like look at what the good is in the world and look at like the positive things and, the, and that makes me feel better. So that's what I try to put out. I think when I see people who, you know, are doing the opposite thing, like many friends, many of our mutual friends are, and they'll be like, I'm really struggling right now. This is a really hard time for me. I think that's really great in helping with empathy and making people feel like they're not alone. I think there are different ways of doing that. Um, and yeah, my, my personal way is to just be like, I'm going to put on a silly costume. I'm going to put on my Tigger costume and go lay in the backyard with a dandelion because it makes me it's something stupid and mindless that just makes me feel like, I don't know, if you're scrolling through and you see this and you're like, what is going on with this person? Maybe you'll smile and maybe you'll feel better for 10 seconds. And that's how I feel like I can contribute in this moment. Um, you know, I don't know. It, it sort of changes, but um, yeah, that's, that's what I'm doing right now. <laughs> I will say I smile when I scroll past your photos of you in a Tigger costume with a dandelion. It certainly makes me very happy to see that on my Instagram feed. Well, good. Thank you. That that makes me happy to hear that. Because, I, you know, I don't know. It's just so heavy. Everything is so heavy right now that I, I like. And some of it's really important to sit in and listen to and 
um, experience and not take your mind off of. But, um, you know, without moments of levity, I think I personally would lose my mind and or spiral into a deep depression. So I, that's, that's how I feel I can, I can help in my small way. Are you guys going to make out? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, they were looking at each other with, Yes, I was like, you looked at me like you had something to say, and then you didn't say anything, so then, okay. <laughs> I think Mick's like, I'm done with this hoe. <laughs> Never. Um, you're amazing, and your positivity and your ability to make people smile is one of a few of my favorite things about you. I think it's why when I worked with you on Hocus Pocus all those years ago, I gravitated towards you and I gravitated towards Nathan because you guys are are just those kinds of people. And we always say we're really lucky when we get to stay friends with one person that we do a show with, you know, if we're if we're friends with them outside of a show and I'm I'm so grateful that it was you guys cuz you guys are the best. Oh, we love you guys. Thank you so much. And yeah, thank you for staying in our lives as well. It's, you're very special and I'm glad you found each other. Thanks. You guys got to watch me go on that whole journey. Yeah, sort of peripherally though, because you were very like, you know, you guys were very secretive about it at first. (laughs) It was like, did you hear, did you hear about Ashley's new boyfriend? No. What's the deal? The scoop. The um, best is that Marissa is the person who outed me to to everyone. Our friend Marissa Winoker was the one that was like, Ashley has a boyfriend! And I was like, why would you, why would you say this? To Why? <laughs> because she knew that you were in love and she wanted people to be able to celebrate that with you. This is very true. And I'm glad that you guys have, have been here through it all. Oh, man. Oh my gosh, I was just listening to your episode with Desi the other day and laughing about, I hadn't heard that whole proposal, like getting ready for the proposal story and how Marissa was like, you know, doing parkour to get your key and stuff. <laughs> like, Yeah, there was so many things that happened at the proposal that were just, I mean, Marissa getting there, everyone getting there a little bit later than they thought they would. Oh no, wait, that wasn't the proposal. That was your birth, that, that was, was my oh, that was birthday was- party. That's what I was thinking of. But both, all, everything. You guys, you've, you've, you know, pulled off a lot of surprise stuff. It's very impressive. The proposal, I didn't realize I had booked that for Emmys weekend, which were at LA Live right down the street from where I was doing it. So everyone was like an hour late due to traffic. That was insane, too. Oh, man. Wait, where was that? Those pictures are gorgeous, or if if you can say. Thank you. Course. Yeah, um, that was at the what's it called? The Intercontinental. Intercontinental. Um, it's the it's the like the tallest building in downtown LA, and they have mm. a rooftop bar called Spire Spire Seventy Three. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to know all this stuff. I I, I reserved the space, nice. <laughs> but but then it, it's over. So. I got it. <laughs> you had to move it out to make room for all the engagement planning or the wedding planning. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's only so much room, but, um, I, that had been our first date and it was like a brand new building on our first date. And then two years later I did it. Uh, it was at it the again. booth that we sat at on our first date. Oh, I love those pictures. And my favorite is the picture of you and your dad, Ashley, just you guys like looking into each other's eyes. It's like. It makes me cry just thinking about it. (laughs) Don't cry. Don't cry, but it is a great picture. Thank you so much. It is. That's how I knew it was happening. Sorry, it's my second favorite picture. (laughs) The picture of you guys actually getting engaged is my favorite. Oh, thank you. Thank you, ours too. That's how I knew it was happening. I got, when I got out of the elevator and I turned the corner and my dad was there, I was like, huh, something's (laughs) up because my dad lives in Las Vegas and this is definitely Los Angeles and he's here in this moment and then I realized that there were rose petals everywhere and I was like oh something's happening now what if you still didn't get it you're like cool dad's on our date (laughs) dad wanted to wish us a happy anniversary awesome that's that's chill that's cool 
I mean, honestly, knowing me. Um, <laughs> well, it's it's fun. I, I'm excited to talk to Nathan tomorrow, too, because you, you two are, um, you know, everybody's like, don't date an actor, right? That's, that's, uh, that's kind of the cliche. But I feel like we've, we, um, we're doing great. All four of us. Like you, I, I, I love your relationship. I love how you two work together. I really loved, uh, watching you and never been kissed. And, uh, and it was nice to hear, um, that you saved some gas money on that. Um, so that was great. And the best part of that. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it's true. There is that stereotype and I think it can be true if you have two maybe two people who are too similar or too different I don't know I just think when you find the right match um it can totally work out and it can be a huge benefit because you understand what the other person's going through like I think there are very few other jobs where you could be like all right I'm gone for a month please don't find someone else and move them in while I'm gone Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> yeah, like you get it because you're like that's it's you this time. It's going to be me next time, and yeah, and to have that support system is is very unique. So yeah. I'm glad we all found each other for sure. Me too. I can't wait to see the movie you guys worked on together, White Elephant. Right? Yeah. Are there... Thank you. I can't wait to see your movie. <laughs> Thank it's you. Exciting. I also feel like you have a million other projects coming out. So what do you? What else do you have coming out, Lana? Just a, a couple, couple small things. I have. Um, there's a show called Family Style, which is a um, food station show centered around Asian cuisine. Um, we shot a full season of it last year. Um, or I guess we probably shot it two years ago, but it came out last year and the second season premieres. Well, it will have already premiered, um, when this airs, but September nice. 8th, but it's, um, uh, twice a week. There'll be new episodes. It's on stage 13.com. It's on YouTube. It's on Facebook and it's called family style. And that's super fun. Awesome. Um, yeah, and if you're in the mood, if you're one of those people who watched Contagion or Outbreak when this pandemic started because you're a psychopath like me, um, then Nathan and I, one of the other things we shot together back in 2018, actually, uh, is a series called Release, and it's on the Topic platform. Topic is an app that you can download. There's a free seven-day trial if you want to check out our show. Um, but they have a lot of really cool shows on that, on that platform as well, but it centers around a pandemic and obviously we didn't know that was a thing back in 2018. We shot it in New York. Um, there are masks, there's, you know, my characters taping down, um, plastic tarp to cover up any holes in windows and doors to prevent, um, this airborne virus from getting in. Uh, people are in hazmat suits and stuff. It's like, it's very intense. And definitely, if you're terrified right now in real life, don't watch it because it's too real. But um, Nathan and I play a married couple in the final episode. Um, and uh, yeah, if you like that stuff, if you like to be scared and, um, you know, feel things, then you'll like it and you should watch it. So what you're telling me is you're psychic. I am personally psychic. Yes. Wow. I I do have to apologize for not telling anyone this was coming, but I didn't want that to ruin the series. I didn't want people to know and then not be surprised. And I just thought it was a worthwhile trade. Right. So I agree. Sorry about that. I agree. Thank you so much. Yeah. Art first, you know? Yeah, for sure. Can't wait to see the show. <laughs> That's out now, so you can watch it anytime. Awesome. All right, cool. Very cool. Yay. That's so Thank exciting. You guys. Yeah, it's fun. It's good stuff. Um, but I uh, thank you for having me. I'm very, again, happy to see your beautiful, beautiful faces. Very attractive faces. I mean, what's going on here? Look who's talking, oh. though. <laughs> <laughs> She's making the most glorious face that I wish all of you could see. <laughs> Um, well, will you answer one last question for us? We always end with a fill in the blank. Okay. Uh, it's like one word, one sentence, however you want to answer this is acting is. Mm-hmm. Acting is 
a joy. There it That's is. It. Love it. You're amazing. Well, thank, thank you, you so for much. doing this. You're amazing. I love you guys. Thank you for having me. And please be kind to Nathan, despite his many, many flaws. Oh, I'll try. Um, if you can look past his appearance, mm-hmm. his intelligence, his wit, mm-hmm. his I've, lack of talent. I mean, I've would... looked past all of this for the three years I've known you guys. I think I can do it for another hour with Nate. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I'm sorry you can't see his terrible butt. It's not cute. Mm. It's not full and bubbly. Mm. It's not, and I'm sorry. I'm so sorry but for you, Lana. Goodness. Thank you so much. Yeah. It's a struggle, but, you know, I am Someone has to the die. Mother Teresa of my generation, they say. <laughs>